He's about to have to get undressed here and to get this microphone out of his shirt. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Isn't God good? He's good. Amen. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord. Man. We kind of get, we got both sides there. We got the, the passionate call to, hey, we got to get things right, but then we got the reminder that says, hey, you got the, the cup is being served to everybody, even the one who denied Jesus, even the one who betrayed Jesus, that he served, said, here's my body and here's my blood. I'm, I'm giving this for you. So we need both. Sometimes we need to kick in the pants. <laughs> And sometimes we need to just have some grace to be say, look, hey, you know, you're, this is for you too. So I thought that was, that was kind of cool that we got, we got both, both there, the, the grace and the truth. You need grace and truth. You need the, the, you know, we need to speak the truth in love. We need them both. So um, at times they work together. Well, let's look in the word for just a few minutes here. We're still, we're going to be in Exodus. So we're on our Exodus Journey to Freedom series, or Path to Freedom, whatever it says on that slide. Um, And we are in Exodus, we're going to start in 15, Exodus 15 and verse 22. Last time we were in Exodus, we we were talking about the the Red Sea, the miraculous deliverance uh, from the Red Sea and and how the people of God were brought through, through that. What an amazing miracle it was to just trust the Lord and to walk in His uh, in his breakthrough, but it was hard. They had to, they had to do some, some crazy trusting, and they're gonna, we're going to find some more crazy trusting here. Have you noticed that God doesn't lead you on the easy path? If he is, maybe it's not God. <laughs> he's going to be with you. He's going to, you know, it was easy walking through the Red Sea, but it wasn't easy before that. So there's, there's seasons, there's times. And so what happens is they, you know, they get led through the Red Sea, and guess what? They're now in a desert. I mean, wasn't it awesome? I mean, it's an amazing miracle, but they didn't go to the promised land after the, the Red Sea parted. They still had 40 years to wait. Sometimes they're like, oh, God, give me that breakthrough. He's like, okay, here it is. The desert's on the other side, but that's, the breakthrough gets you there. But now we're going to go through a season of testing. We're going to test you and see, and we're going to develop your strength. Because that's really what the test is for, right? When God gives us a test, it's not so he can find out if we know the answers. He already knows if you know the answer. <laughs> he tests us so that you know that you know the answer. <laughs> so that you're ready. Not just to give you a grade. God's not interested in grades. Uh, I'm not saying that school's not good, so don't let me hear that. Don't teenagers, anybody in here, you can still get good grades in school. You can still do your schoolwork, but God's not giving grades out. He's not trying to just get us to spit out information. You know, He doesn't want you to just memorize this and then speak it back to me. No, what God wants is for you to receive from Him and walk in what he's given you, and walk in the life that he prepared for you, and he empowers people to do that. He empowers his people. He's not, he's not saying, I'm going to do it all, and you just watch me. He doesn't just give a, you a few people and say, hey, only the pastor gets to do that. 
I mean, that's what I love about Go Night. I mean, wasn't it so cool? Now that at least that Noah's not in here, we don't embarrass him too much. But some of us all, we're sitting around and Noah just says, snowman. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. I mean, weren't you thinking that too? Like, I don't know. Is that God or not? Or what? You know, that, that's crazy. But then God's like, let me show you. I think on the other side of the street, y'all saw a bunch of snowmen on mats and too. Like, there was snowmen everywhere. I mean, I'm thinking, where are you going to find a snowman in Midland, Texas? Yeah, in April, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, really, almost any time. But, <laughs> but God says, hey, watch this. So, I, I, you know, but isn't, it, you know, God is speaking to the, to the eight-year-olds. He's speaking to the young people. He's, he, we all get to be a part of what he's doing. I'm just here on Sundays to encourage you to do it. This is not, this is not the it. This is the encouragement to do it. So... Anyway, just in case you didn't know what the sermon was for, it was not the it. It was to get you to walk in it. So, Exodus 15 and verse 22. This is, this is going to be fascinating here, uh, what happens if you don't know the story. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went to the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Mara, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Mara. In other words, that Mara means bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood and he threw it into the water, or a tree. Some of your translations might say he saw a tree. And he threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. And there the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them, and put them to the test. And he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands, and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on any of you the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. There's where that scripture comes from, by the way, if you've ever heard it in church. I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. So isn't it interesting that they had to first walk through the test of trusting in the Lord. And really, this, we're going to look at three, three different sections here, and every single place, the people complain. Every single one. Every single time, they complain. I mean, you've never done that before, right? You've never gotten to that place where you know, things have not happened the way you planned them to happen and the way you've informed God. You know, you've informed God. You've prayed, right? Sometimes we pray like, God, here's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and we kind of think that's what it's about, right? Hey, Lord, let me, let me clue you in just in case you're not paying attention. Um, I know you've been asleep, you know, because even though the Bible says you don't sleep, but maybe you haven't paid attention to me. I know you've been paying attention to you know, Ashley and Jerry, because they're really likable. Felicia's pretty likable, too. Um, Dave and me, 
you can come in, you can take us in doses. Uh, so, um, you know, but, though, you know, God's with those people, but have you forgotten about me? And so sometimes we, you know, we're, we're, we're informing God, and so, we, you know, we, we complain, right? Sometimes our prayers can be complaints. And I'm not saying that's always bad, because I think God wants us to be honest with Him. The Lord wants us to be honest. He doesn't want us to pretend. He's not saying pretend, but He wants us to get to the place where we don't stay in that place of grumbling and complaining. You know, in the New Testament, in Philippians 2.14, it says, do everything without grumbling or complaining. And we can look at that as like, well, this is just God's rule. But here's the thing. What the Lord is inviting His people in is say, get to know me, and you'll know you don't need to complain. Get to know me when you trust me when you, when you walk with me, I'm going to take care of you. It wasn't that they weren't supposed to be thirsty. They'd gone three days in the desert without water. And then they come to water, and it's Midland water. During that time that they told us, don't drink out of the water. It's been contaminated. Some of y'all boiled water for like three weeks after that, right? <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> I don't, you know, the rest of us were like, oh, I didn't hear about it until too late, right? <laughs> Did that matter? I don't know. <laughs> Do I take a shower or not? Uh, I don't know. It might get in my mouth. Uh, so uh, anyway, but they come to the water and it says the wa- there's something wrong with the water. Not sure how they knew what it was, but they knew the water was bitter. In other words, they're in the middle of a desert, and they're probably knowledgeable enough to know you don't want to drink the water in every single place, right? Just so you know, because if you don't get outdoors, you don't, you don't want to drink the water just wherever you are all, at all the places, right? If you go to the lake, uh, do you want to drink Lake Brownwood? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> You don't, you don't want to drink it. So they're like, a, it's lake water. They're coming to lake water and they're like, and now God, after all this time, we're thirsty and you bring us to this lake that we can't even drink. And the Lord wants to reveal himself because remember, you know, Exodus, if you weren't here for the start of this series, the, the, the original title for this book was Names. And God is, is revealing his name to his people. And what's the name that he reveals this time? It's Yahweh Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is the one who heals. In other words, he wants to show, hey, I can heal the water. You come to that, you've got a place of bitterness in your life. You've got a pool that's built up, that's been filled, and you're like, I can't drink out of this anymore. He says, guess what? I can heal that. I can take that bitterness away. He shows Moses, look, was this tree magical? Did this tree change anything in the physical? No, there's nothing about the tree. The point was that God said, hey, I'm going to show you something. And when you follow me, you're going to see the bitterness turn sweet. But you're going to have to trust me. And you might have to do something that doesn't make sense. Forgiving people doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Because some people don't deserve to be forgiven, right? The thing they've done, they don't deserve it. And we just have to know that the power of God is so, so much that the sacrifice of Jesus is so great that he says, look, you're just going to have to trust me. Throw the stick in the water. It doesn't look like it's going to do anything, but try it. 
Drive and see what happens to the water. See what happens when you take a step of faith and trust in me. You'll find out who I am. The more you know who the Lord is, He reveals Himself, you begin to understand and, and you walk in who He is. Because really, that's what, that's what it was. And what happens right after this? They end up in an oasis. Why didn't they come to the oasis first? Because God wanted to test them. Because He needed them to trust Him. Not themselves. He needed to get them to the place where they could not do it on their own. That's not a comfortable place to be in. Because it means you just have to say, I can't do it. Most of us like to do things on our own, right? I mean, who, do, who doesn't like to just take care of you? You're like, I can, I can do that. I can do that. But at some point in our lives, we get to the place where we can't do it. And then the Lord says, yeah, I'm testing you. What are you going to do now? <laughs> Most of the time we start with complaining, right? <laughs> but isn't it wonderful? I mean, isn't the grace of God so amazing? Even in the Old Testament, they complain and God still provides. They don't do it right the first time because He's inviting them into a relationship with Him. You've got to remember that the people, the Israelites, they've been in 400 years without much, much interaction with God. They didn't know who He was. Moses had to tell them his name. They were used to all these, you know, he's like, look, this is, and, and look, it's, you're going to be different. The life you've lived is not the life you're going to live now. He says, look, I'm not going to, you're not going to have all the diseases that the Egyptians had. In other words, you know, when, when things are so prevalent, you just think that's the way they are, right? This is just the way life is. I just have to live with this. They weren't immune from that. They weren't immune from the culture of Egypt. They weren't immune from what was going on around them. It's like, hey, this is the way life is. And God's trying to get them to say, look, no, you don't have to live in that anymore. You don't have to live in that unhealth anymore. Whether that's physically or emotionally or mentally, you don't have to stay in that un bit of unhealth. You can step into healing. But you're going to have to trust me. Are you willing to trust me that I in the Lord who heals you. Isn't it amazing? He says, look, no, I am the Lord that heals you. Not just I'm the Lord that heals. Not just I'm a God of healing. Not just I'm a God of power. No, he's like, no, I'm doing this for you. Are you going to trust me? What happens next? Let's see what happens next. So it says, chapter 16, then the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, or Sin, it's probably Sin, but the desert of Sin. Who wants to go to that one? Um, which is between Elam and Sinai. It's probably said Sin. So on the 15th day of the second month after they come out of Egypt in the, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, if only we had died... By the Lord's hand in Egypt. We heard this one before, right? Didn't they say this? They said this right before the Red Sea, right? <laughs> if only you just, God, you just, it's too hard to follow you. It's too hard to follow you. You should have just left us as slaves. 
There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. I'm not even sure if that's true. <laughs> they, were, they were slaves, so I'm not sure that they just got to eat all that they wanted. I'm not sure that it was really that good. But sometimes, you know, you know in, our, in our state of complaining, right, we, we rewrite the past. We rewrite history, and we, and we change this. Well, it wasn't really that bad. You know, now is really the worst thing ever, so if I could just go back to that thing, then I'd be okay. There we sat around pots of meat, and we ate all the food we wanted. It was so amazing being a slave. Uh, but you brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, even though they're complaining, the love of God and the grace of God for his people that he's in a covenant with, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And sometimes we just don't see, we can't see where God's hand is going to move in our lives. They had no understanding that it was even possible that they could get bread from heaven. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? Have you ever seen it rain bread? I mean, I've seen it rain cheeseburgers on a cartoon. <laughs> it's amazing, too. They hold, it out, hold out their hand, and like, then it plops out down in order, you know? And they just eat it. Anyway, uh, Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs movie. It's fun. Uh, but other than crazy movies that don't exist in reality, right? We don't, see it, we don't see it rain bread from heaven. But the Lord says, look, I'm going to do something that you've never seen before. But again, what is, he do, what is God doing all through this time? He is inviting His people to trust Him. He's inviting His people to get to know Him. Who, who, who He is. The people are to go out each day... And gather enough for that day. I mean, are you kidding me? It's rains bread from heaven, and I only get to take one day's worth. I mean, I can't stock the pantry. It's not like I'm not at Sam's Club or Costco. Lord, give us a Costco in Midland someday, in Jesus' name. <laughs> we don't get to buy 24 of, of those things that we don't don't need. <laughs> It's like, no, get enough for just one day. I mean, are you serious? I mean, think about this. This is like winning the lottery, right? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you the lottery, but you can only take enough money for just tomorrow. That's it. I mean, that's what he's at. He's, at, he's inviting them to say, are you going to trust me that I can bring you the lottery every day? Or do you think I'm good enough for just one day? Am I good enough for just this one time? Are you going to trust me each and every day that I can bring tomorrow what I brought today? That I have enough tomorrow, even if you think, you know, you only have enough for today, I have enough for tomorrow. How did Jesus teach us to pray, right? Give us this day, give us today our daily bread. What is he, Jesus is referencing this. He, he's, he's, 
He knows his, his audience. His audience would have known, you're talking about just like they were in the desert with the manna. They had to trust. And then what happens, it says, let's see, we'll read. So on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much. So on the sixth day, you get twice as much. Because on the seventh was the Sabbath. And God says, look, this is going to be a day of rest. You don't have to go get the bread. You already have it. You get to rest in me. So what happened to the people, right? The, The instructions were this. Go get enough for today and don't leave any... Don't leave any of it sitting out. But some of them said, just in case, I'm going to use half of it, and I'm going to hold off half to tomorrow, right? Just in case. Because, I mean, I've only seen it raid bread once. (laughs) I've only seen God provide this one time. What if he doesn't do it the next time? And it says that the ones that held on to the extra the next morning... What happened? It had worms in it. It went bad. But then what happens on the sixth day? They get twice as much and they leave half of it overnight. And what happens in the morning? This time, it's just fine. Because God was wanting to teach them, you can trust what I say. Because I said, go get it every day. But on the sixth day... In other words, on Friday, because the Sabbath is on Saturday, on Friday you can get twice as much. And it's going to keep for two days. What does it say? Some of the people went out on the seventh day. God says, it's not going to rain tomorrow. It's not going to rain on Saturday. No bread from heaven. You're going to have to trust me. What happened? Some of them went outside. I mean, I know we got twice as much, but what if it's the lottery again today? You know, what if I wanted? I'm not trying to teach you to play the lottery. Anyway, um, you can tell that bubble. You know, one time my kids were getting the, in the bubble gum machines, and they didn't got, get what the color they want, so I just told them, I said, that's why you don't play the lottery. So uh, anyway, <laughs> that's why you shouldn't eat those old gumballs anyway, because they're disgusting. <laughs> I can be fun parents sometimes. <laughs> but he's inviting them. This whole, this whole account is to invite them into a relationship of trust. Look at the end of this chapter. God kind of has to like hit his hand against his head sometimes. It's like, yeah, why are you don't you don't have to go out on the seventh day? I, I told you. It says verse thirty five the Israelites ate manna for forty years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border border of Canaan. Man, this is this is so miraculous. It's amazing. I mean, it's almost unbelievable, isn't it? Isn't it almost unbelievable? It says they, they ha- this is their food for 40 years. It rained for 40 years. God provided a miracle for 40 years because they needed the miracle. You're like, what? God, how come you did that miracle then? And now he's like, well, now you're in a place where you don't need it. 
Sometimes he empowers us, says, look, I've given you what you need. It's like they get into the promised land. He's like, now you can work the ground. You have ground. To, you can plant stuff. You can grow stuff. And then we can say like, well, God, was it, it, was, it was way better when I just had to come outside and scoop it up with the shovel. And then you, everything was provided for me. But he's like, you're not always going to be in the season of testing. In the season of testing is many times where you see the miracles is the hard season, is the challenging season. And then God brings you into a place where he's like, now you're strong enough, now I'm making you able to walk through those things yourselves. You don't need just the incredible miracle every day. You have the miracle of my voice. You have the miracle of my presence with you, that I live in you now. You have Jesus, the Holy Spirit, living in you. You now have my power and presence. Now you walk in it. You release it to somebody else. You give out to somebody else a miracle. You, you know, it's not just about you receiving. Now you get to give. What's the third account? It's the same thing that happens this third time. Chapter 17. The whole Israelite community <laughs> set out from the desert of sin. They're finally leaving that. The desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. And they camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. This almost reminds me of Jesus feeding the 5,000 and then later he fed the 4,000. Did the disciples get it? Anybody remember? No, I mean, I, I give it to him the first time. The first time you, you've never seen him multiply food. But then the second time, Jesus is like, where are we going to get enough <sighs> Food to feed all these people. What do you think? What do you think, Peter? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. There's too many. There's too many, God. <laughs> and then one person, no, we got seven, seven pieces of bread this time or seven, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, he feeds the 4,000. It's the same thing. They're like, where are we going to get water, Moses? When the Lord was inviting them to say, Lord, I don't see any water, but I know you're going to give me a drink. He invited them into faith, which is, what is faith? It's a relationship of trust where you know the other person so well that I know that if I'm with them, I'm going to be okay. Some of us are like that on the outreach night, right? If I'm with Dave, I'll be okay. <laughs> if I'm with Ronnie, I'll be okay. Right? If I can just go with somebody, I'll be okay. Our group, we looked at each other and we're like, uh-oh, we didn't bring one of those people. So uh, <laughs> we weren't sure if we were going to be okay. So, <laughs> so that's the, the relationship that God is inviting you into in your life where you can look and realize, no, guess what? I have, I have Jesus with me. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to make it through this. God is going to provide. I don't know how he's going to provide. I don't know if he's going to do it my way. I don't know if he's going to lead me into the desert place and it's going to take a long time. But I'm going to trust you because I know you are faithful and I know your heart. I know your character. I know your word. I know what you're like. I know what you've done in the past. I know the testimony of the Lord and now I can walk forward. But God is so faithful. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water, and they grumbled against Moses, and they said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? 
Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. (laughs) No doubt. Blame the leader, right? If it's not the president's fault, then it's not anybody's fault, right? So uh, the Lord answered, everybody's quiet on that one. So uh, (laughs) the Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? You know, when we get in that place of confusion, don't we... Isn't that one of the things we question? God, are you even with me? Lord, I've been fighting this sickness for for a long time here. Are are you with me? Have you abandoned me, God? Are are you with me? And again, what, what is he inviting you into? He's inviting you into a relationship of trust. Will you trust me? Will you know, hey, I'm the Lord that heals you. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to believe in me? I'm the Lord that provides for you. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to believe in me? Are you going to try to do it on your own? Will you believe that I'm going to take care of my children? That I'm going to take care of my family? That I'm a good father? And again, they're invited. God is so gracious. He continually... But what was his point? His point was to reveal his character so they knew his name. And then they knew, hey, the Bible says in Psalm 9 and verse 10, it says, those who know your name, God, will trust in you. Psalm 9:10 Those who na- for you Lord have never forsaken those who seek you something like that I may be mixing two scriptures up but Psalm 9 and 10 do- does say for those who know your name in other words it's not just knowing the names of God like I could recite all the names of Jesus wonderful counselor mighty God no he's not talking about knowing it in our head he's saying I know who who you are and what you're like and because I know you I will trust in you and the Lord is in continually inviting us into that relationship of trust. What what does Jesus do when he gives his longest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, the longest recorded sermon? What is most of the sermon about? Hey, trust your father. Hey, trust my father. He's going to take care of you. Hey, you can pray to him. You You can walk with him. You don't have to perform for him. You don't have to do all this stuff. You don't have to jump through the hoops. You can you can just walk with him. You can just be with him. You don't have to pray for somebody else. Just go with him. Do by get with him. And he'll answer you, our Father in heaven. Trust in him. He wants his kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's inviting you to participate into that. Jesus was inviting them into that relationship to know, hey, you can, you can trust me and you can trust my Father. And that's really what it boils down to most of the times in our lives, isn't it? Are you going to trust me? Will you trust me? says the Lord. Will you trust me for daily bread? Whatever your daily bread is. It's probably not literally bread now for us, right? We can just go, he doesn't need to rain down bread from heaven, right? Because we can just go get it at the grocery store. But what's the thing that you can't get? What's the thing that you're like, I can't do this on my own? That's the thing. That's where the miracle comes. That's where the bread from heaven comes. Is When you can't provide on your own, you say, God, I can't do it but I'm going to trust in you. 
Let's stand. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be encouraged and reminded by the word of God that you are good, that we can trust you. Lord, that even though we are being led sometimes that I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Lord, and even when we complain, you're so faithful to answer us, God, that sometimes our, our prayers are just complaints, but yet you still provide for us, God. But, but help us grow beyond that. Help us, help us go to a place where we can trust in you, where we, we are built up in our faith that we, we are saying, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to trust in you, God. I'm ready to take a step of faith. I'm ready to throw the tree in the water. I'm ready to do something that doesn't make sense. And I'm going to go with you, God. I believe that you're going to provide for me when I step out in faith that you're going you're to release the power. You're going to release the grace. You're going to release the wisdom. You're going to release the hope. You're going to release the peace. You're going to release the healing in Jesus' name. But I have to trust in you. And that you're testing my heart, not so you can give me a grade. God, that you're testing my heart so that I am strong in you, so I can bring somebody else with me. God, we're meant to be the Moses, not the people here. We're meant to be Moses that says, God, what are you going to do? I'm looking to you. I can't do this on my own. I can't lead these people, Lord. And the Lord says, guess what? I have the answer if you will just follow me. Just trust in me. Do something crazy. Tap on a rock. <laughs> if you hit the rock, water will come out. Doesn't make any sense. Whatever God's telling you, it may not make sense, but know that He's inviting you into an adventure and a relationship of faith where you trust Him and He provides the miracle. So God, we choose to trust You. God, I pray for those who are in the season of, of waiting. They're, they're, in the, they're in the three days without water right now. God, I just pray that You'd strengthen them. I pray that they would be empowered to trust in You. God, I pray that there's the situation around them, even though it looks hopeless, God, that they would look beyond the situation and say, Jesus, I'm just choosing to trust You. If that's you right now, I just invite you to say those words. Jesus, I just, I'm choosing to trust you. Just whatever that situation is that you're, that you're facing, that you can't, you, can't, you can't quench your own thirst. You can't provide for it. Jesus, I'm choosing to trust you. I'm choosing to trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for providing for us. God, we choose to trust in you that you're going you're gonna to meet our needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, it's, it's you who takes care of us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Everybody said amen. Amen. If you still need prayer, uh, we invite you to come up front. We'll have a few of our leaders up here to pray over you for the next few minutes. Uh, if not, you are blessed to go. Is there anything else I'm supposed to say? Uh, spread the word about the cook-off. If you have donations, please let us know. We, we, we need donations, so if you have some and we, we don't know about them, let us know. If not, go get some more. <laughs>